This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me. The great Thelma Adams is here, my predictions guru. Thank you so much for joining me again. It is a great pleasure. I'm so glad to be back virtually. (laughs) It's a digital year. (laughs) Digital year. Let me tell everyone a little bit about you before we get started. So you're an author and film critic. You've chaired the New York Film Critics Circle twice. You've written for New York Times and Variety. And now you're writing for NHZ Choice, which is a streaming service for international films, right? That sounds exciting. Right. In fact, what I'm doing is like this. I'm doing their monthly previews for NHZ Choice. And I think, you know, uh, uh, we just did Agent Hamilton which is going to premiere in March. And I have to say, the streaming service is the one that has has set my bar high. It set my standards high because the shows have been, so you know, Borgen. I, where do you begin? Spiral, my favorite French show, period. So I've been doing video for that. And then I've been writing reviews for AARP, my people. So you're keeping busy even in in the pandemic. So, and I'm going to keep you more busy here because we're going to do the Golden Globes predictions. And side note, mine are all over the place, but we'll get to that. The show that will air on NBC this Sunday, hosted by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. But first, we have to address some of these major stories, mainly out of the LA Times a few days ago about scandals rocking the HFPA. Now, this is the group behind the Golden Globes. Right. Now, I guess there's no real shock in a way. Um, Every year we talk about this organization and they love to be wined and dined by the celebrities. It's a very white organization and they're prone to a junket bribe. But the level of corruption that has come out of this reporting, payments they've made to their members, tax issues, there's exactly zero black members. Thelma, who are these people, the HFPA, and what do you make of these allegations? I'm sorry if I'm not shocked. It's the (laughs) Hollywood Foreign Press Association. It's, I believe, 87 members. They've recently, they were sued by someone who wanted to get in, who did not get in. They are people who write about Hollywood for international papers. Some are full-time, some are not. And I've got to say, also, we have to put it against, it's like saying Harvey Weinstein is the only Me Too. Yes, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is particularly corrupt. But at the same time, we're living in a world where journalists and entertainment journalists, the the full-time benefits paying career is very hard to find. Yes, I've never seen this in a nonprofit, and I guess I should explain the Golden Globes. This is kind of amazing to me. I think the fee that they now get, the group of 87, they now get something like $26 million. Um, having been in the New York Film Critics Circle, I know that the, what the, how, how important the award season is. You know, it's like 30 to 40 members. But we had no money, no budget, no big funders. And we had always in the past made a decision that it would remain intimate, no TV. 
obviously the HFPA went in a different direction. The Golden Globes are hugely successful. In fact, in many ways, attract a, you know, attract a happier audience, let's say, than the Oscars. It's a fun event. People drink, people are at tables. It's like that old Sardis thing. So that night, and obviously Tina Fey, Amy Poehler are going to come back and host again. It's a fun night. Um, it's not uptight the way the Oscars can be. But the scandal <laughs> is that they were paying their own members. Now, it's interesting what's scandalous. And I'm not a lawyer. If you're on the board of Exxon, if you work at a company, at a college, you're the dean of a college, but you're also on the board of Exxon or Apple or whatever, if you're on the board, they pay you. So it's an interesting thing about who gets to be paid. Mm -hmm. Now, in this case, they are making, oh my God, unimaginable $26 million to license this event, which is crazy. Uh, you know, relative to who they are. But um, it is, it reflects the value of the show to NBC. And they're paying their um, members to be on committees, a couple of thousand a month. You know, if you're on the foreign film committee, so you're watching the foreign films, or if you're on the history committee, meaning that you've been in the organization for a long time, like <laughs> kind of a... I don't know the ins and outs. The LA Times really pointed out the various details. Part of me at this moment is less, I'm less likely to judge because I've seen the world of entertainment journalism shrink. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I can understand that these people need the money. Yes, it's corrupt. I'm not saying it's not. I just don't want to judge it too harshly. Also, they have a history of being junket impacted. So what does that mean? That means that a studio or Hulu or something like that, or Netflix, or will um, take the whole group to see Emily in Paris in Paris. But I will say, full disclosure, my husband and I were watching the Bourne extremity one of those shows last night and part of it was set in berlin and i was like i stayed in that hotel fancy hotel because i was on a junket a junket for a wes anderson movie it's not a good thing it results in odd nominations and we'll discuss that as we go along yeah, I guess that's the the one can feel how there that there are bribes involved in who's nominated because some of Definitely. the choices are very weird and 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 um, if you do take these things seriously and you know the art seriously, it, it makes it a strange. But do you think these latest things that have come out now, um, as opposed to all the talk that's been through the years, will it I, have any impact? Will it change anything, or will it just keep? I have to say that, like all of our lives. Everything is in limbo. I would guess that they would stop paying their members mm -hmm. who are on committees. I mean, that's kind of a straightforward thing. Um, like the Academy, which used to be hugely white, hugely male, and gradually expanded out, there will be pressure for them to bring in other people. And that's a good thing. But we've never, no one has ever said 
the Golden Globes are a serious <laughs> award. Know. You know, even Ricky Gervais on stage kind of, kind of, they're kind of a joke, but they also often predict or often lead, you know, they're part of the whole award season and they're a big show that gets big stars, which is also sometimes why they nominate people. I mean, they may nominate Nicole Kidman for a role that's not so great because they know she'll come and she'll be wonderful. And they like her because they've met her year after year at this intimate dinner. I think that my impression is that the way they impact the Oscars is sort of after the show, depending on who won, who held a good speech and all those type of things, because the nominations. Good point. Very good point. Because they tend to be quite different. If we look at what we're thinking is going to be nominated, the Oscars, one can see a lot of things through the years that just didn't even show up at the Oscars. Once the show's over and you see that Glenn Close made that speech or that thing happened or that. For Matthew McConaughey made a fantastic yeah. speech and then he continued at all the awards to make great speeches and then he won the Oscar. It's, there is a launching pad. Well, let's talk about this year's weird predictions um, that we have at the Golden Globes. Why don't we start with TV? Do you want to start with TV? I'm moving my, I'm shifting my pages here. Um, what I'll do is I have a little ballot here in front of me that, that um, and I'll go sort of starting from the bottom and ending up with the big prizes, so to speak. Ooh, okay. <laughs> in TV. <laughs> and I can my pages. <laughs> I'll give you one secret for the TV thing here or not it's not even a secret last time um i am not doing a Shit's creek sweep this time no okay. i may be completely wrong but i have i i will explain to you how i'm thinking about how this particular how the golden globes think about things um, right like <laughs> right Let's start with best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a series, limited series, or motion picture made for television. There we have John Boyega from Small Axe, Brendan Gleeson from The Comey Rule, Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek, Jim Parsons Hollywood, and Donald Sutherland in The Undoing. Do you want to go first? I just want to say I've interviewed him and it, the presence of that man unbelievable what a span of a career but i don't think he's gonna win this category um this is this is if we start here i think it's gonna be john boyega for small acts me too and frankly you too i know we tend to think to, to, we tend to be on the on the nose here but i'll say this is like one of my big themes of this year that I think Steve McQueen, who directed Small Axe and these five films, including Lover's Rock, um, I think they're genius. I think when we look at the year in the long run, the fact that it's in TV here, that Steve McQueen is not nominated necessarily for a best director or isn't even like in the discussion, I think this is the year Steve McQueen kicked butt. I just, I, you know, I, what can I say? And so at least I think that John Boyega is carrying the flag for that. That's exactly what I think too. I mean, we're going to, when we move up here in the, in the film, we'll see, you know, all the omissions they did from black led cast films here at the Golden Globes. But so, and I think. Which again, goes back to the idea that there's, there's no diversity within the group. 
Exactly. And here I think they will get this little thing right. There should have been so much more from um, Small Axe, which I think is just a masterpiece of a series, um, which confuses people since there's five of them and it's not a movie and whatever. But but, uh, I think that... I don't know. Yeah, I think also it's a case where in terms of awards marketing... Yes. they They should have made a decision... Exactly. And I would say, like, the New York Film Festival opened with Lover's Rock. And I feel like it's a movie. So to me, that's one of the best. His movies were one of the best media that I saw this year. So in the same category for actress, best in a supporting role for a series, limited series, or motion picture, there we have... Gillian Anderson for The Crown, Helena Bonham Carter for The Crown, Julia Garner for Ozark, Annie Murphy for Schitt's Creek, and Cynthia Nixon for Ratched. Okay. Do you want me to go first here? You go I'm, first this time and then I'll follow. I'm, I really think Gillian Anderson, Gillian Anderson will win for Margaret Thatcher in The Crown. Right. I don't think they can resist that in the foreign Hollywood foreign press. I don't think they can. I really don't. I think also Gillian Anderson... So amazing, so wonderful, can play anything. And also, if you have not seen the whole TV series of Hannibal with Mads Mikkelsen, where she's in a number of the episodes, she's fa- that's like fantastic. I will go in the other, I will walk towards anything she's in. Yeah. And to make her play kind of, to make her play Maggie Thatcher, which is a role that Meryl Streep won an Oscar for, I, that seems to me to be a slam dunk. Um, I think so too. Sometimes they can make, you know, they can do little odd choices. I'm thinking if if something would, would be sort of the surprise Golden Globe things here, it might be Cynthia Nixon for Ratchet. They may like that sort of over-the-top series. And they really do like Ryan Murphy. Right. That's a good point. I don't think this one really hit the Ratchet the same way. And I would like to just put in a shout out to um, Julia Garner in Ozark, um, in part because she was so great in The Assistant this year, oh, which yes. is something that you can that you can rent. Um, and it was basically a one woman show. You know, she was and she's an amazing actress who's very self-effacing. So best performance by an actor in a limited series or motion picture television. There we have Brian Cranston, Your Honor, Jeff Daniels, The Comey Rule, Hugh Grant, The Undoing, Ethan Hawke, The Good Lord Bird, and Mark Ruffalo, I Know This Much Is True. Or is it Ruffalo? I always say that. Ruff- I always say Ruffalo, yeah. but I don't I, I think know. it's Ruffalo. It's yeah. Italian background, so yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to get Jacob Aftabro this week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good. Yeah, right? I know. Um, in this category, I just switched. For the oh. longest, longest time, I thought Mark Ruffalo was a shoe-in in this one. But I am feeling Hugh Grant rising. I'm feeling Hugh Grant, too. I think The Undoing was a very, you know, talked about, gossiped about show. People wanted to know how it ends. He did a good PR thing around The Undoing. I know one... Ethan Hawke is fantastic in The Good Lord Bird. Which I just wonder if that's gotten the mainstream, if it's a big enough show, if enough people have seen it. Um, I'm not sure, but the goal, the people, you know, the HFPA will have seen it. Mm-hmm. 
And he has done so If they're paid. Many- <laughs> they're paid. They'll see it. No problem. Yeah. Take them to Paris. It doesn't matter where, yeah. you know, it happens wherever it happens. Just, you yeah. know, take them to Paris, Morocco, Marrakesh, you know. But uh, um, Ethan Hawke also, I mean, is is a strong contender, I would say. And oh, and in some ways, overdue for awards recognition. But here, I feel that that this this is an amazing show. I just wonder if it has the same amount of sort of impact that the Golden Globes want. You know, Hugh Grant is Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. <laughs> you can count on him to do a charming, self-effacing speech with right. you know a exactly. couple of good jokes. You can he can be counted on for that. Onward, we have actress in that same category, limited series motion picture made for television. So Kate Blanchett for Mrs. America and Daisy Edgar Jones for Normal People, Shira Haas for Unorthodox, Nicole Kidman for The Undoing and Anya Taylor-Joy for Queen's Gambit. I'm 100% sure about Anya Taylor-Joy here. I hate when we agree all the time, but (laughs) you know what? I completely agree that show... Decim, you know, it just was a talked about, buzzed about. She was the show. She was the show, exactly. And um, also, she did Emma this year too. So, I mean, she's like a rising, rising star. She's so good in this. I think Shira Haas in Unorthodox may upset. If there's an upset, it would come from there. This is where I think Anya, they won't give it to Anya Taylor-Joy because she is nominated for Emma. So they won't give it to her there. They'll give it to right. her here, I think. Yeah, and the double nomination shows how strong she is in the field. And so the best picture in that category, so or sorry, best television, limited series or motion picture made for TV. We have Normal People, The Queen's Gambit, Small Acts, The Undoing, and Unorthodox. So I'm thinking it's going to go to Queen's Gambit. Me too. You know where my heart lies. My heart lies with small acts. I cannot imagine anything in this field that's better. I love unorthodox, liked undoing. But I feel like Queen's Gambit just has the energy, the momentum, and um, especially at the Golden Globes. Yeah, it feels like a Golden Globes show, and it was such a knockout. Everyone saw it, and, and, you know, there was, I don't think there was a single show this year with so many articles and chess boards that were selling out and everything that was surrounding this show that I think also right so then we have best performance by an actor in a television series but the musical or comedy category Don Cheadle Black Monday Nicholas Holt for The Great Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso and Rami Youssef for Rami okay so here we go shifting my pages around Okay, I just changed this again. So we're talking TV comedy actor? Yes, actor, musical, or comedy. I think Jason Sudeikis. Me too. Stop it. (laughs) I think the Hollywood Foreign Press, I think they want to find some of this new show. They like to do that. Jason Sudeikis, it's about soccer, well, football. I mean, it just feels absolutely for them usually popular and it found its audience it wasn't like it came in as a big show and the way that Shit's Creek was in its first many years and right. now Shit's Creek is the is the old is the is, you know is the grandpa of shows and um it could upset Eugene Levy has won before um I just want to point out someone who I think is 
absolutely wonderful. Nicholas Holt. Maybe he is not going to win that show. It's good to see that it, it got nominated in a, a number of categories. I think it's a very fun show. If you like the favorite, the movie, it leads into this. I think it takes a little while mm -hmm. um, to find its footing and to do its exposition. And sometimes that hurts a, a series. Oh, well, we're in agreement there, too, in the TV categories. Damn this you. Is going <laughs> Here we, and then we have actress in that category, television series, musical, or comedy. Lily Collins for Emily in Paris, which they got paid for. <laughs> we'll talk. Right. We'll, yeah, do yeah. the list, and then we can discuss that. Yeah. Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning in The Great, Jane Levy in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, um, Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek. This is kind of tricky. I'm still feeling Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek. It's not going to be a Schitt's Creek sweep, but I think that she will, you know, that she is going to win. Um, the, the issue about Emily in Paris, um, Lily Collins, is that, yes, the, uh, the, the, the HFPA were junketed to Paris um, for that show, which really has not garnered general acclaim. You know, it's with all the shows that there are, this, this is an example. If you wanted an example of how junk gets corrupt, this is one of them. Not, not, not nothing against Lily Collins. You no, know. no. I mean, the show is popular. It's fun, but it's not awards. It's not small acts. There's a reason yeah. it's here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In that case. Um, and I, I know I, I I love Elle Fanning and I think she is going to have um, an amazing you know a, an amazing and long career. Um, but I don't think that that show has that that show really cracked it's on Hulu. I don't think it's yet it's gotten its awards momentum yet. I'm going to go a bit against you here. I have oh, to say, good. Catherine O'Hara, if if. If I could move in with Catherine O'Hara tomorrow, I would. She's like, yes. I just, my, one if of she, my. I just want to say favorite. if she did the house cleaning. Yeah, okay. I just, she's one of my favorite people. I think she's incredible. I, I, I think she has, is definitely uh, a contender to win. But I think that they're going to go with Kaylee Cuoco for the flight attendant. Ooh. For the same reason that I think with Jason Sudeikis. I think they like the sort of new to bring up, you know, look, this is, you know, who this is something they usually do. I mean, not that she's new in the TV world, but that this series is something that they, you know, the Emmys haven't done yet. No one else has done yet. Um, she's really good in it. I think um, it, the Hollywood Forum Press really liked that show um, and it got a lot of buzz in Europe as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I mean, I know this is a huge risk because I think oh. Catherine O'Hara is more of a sure bet. I think that you make a strong argument for her. And also the fact that she was on Big Bang Theory as part of an ensemble for so long. So they know her. She's been nominated. And here she's breaking out as a lead in a very in a popular show in a in a show that people really liked. So that's that's my my risk I'm going with there. <laughs> okay. So best television series, musical comedy, Emily in Paris, The Flight Attendant, The Great, Schitt's Creek, and Ted Lasso. Um, my goodness. I was going with the old standby Schitt's Creek. 
but I think there could be a Ted Lasso upset. I'm going with the Ted Lasso upset as per my beginning argument of not doing a Schitt's Creek, uh, that they're, they're taking a different route from the last award show, sort of where everyone was. And I think they, I think they really like Ted Lasso. It's, and also uh, it's a very, you know, it's a very upbeat, positive show. Again, um, I think the safe bet is Schitt's Creek. I mean, if I was actually gambling money or if I'm, you know, I'd probably go a safer bet. But... <laughs> oh, but $5, yeah. Now, mm -hmm. now it's just honor I'm gambling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so best performance by an actor in a television series drama. Jason Bateman, Ozark, Josh O'Connor, The Crown, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, Al Pacino, The Hunters, and Matthew Reese, Perry Mason. I'm stuck here. <laughs> Drama series. I loved Perry Mason. I didn't think I would. It was slow to cook. He, you know, Matthew Reese was moody, moody, moody for five episodes. And I'm like, come on, shave. And then you realize <laughs> there is a reason for it, right? And I loved him in this. So I am putting him at the top. Wow. You know, I'm not a big Ozark fan. I like Jason Bateman. I love Jason Bateman. Great. You know, good. I just, I'm sorry, Matthew Reese. I am smitten. And, you know, Al Pacino is like an old, he's old Hollywood. It's great that he's nominated. Hunters was not, no, Hunters. Any, you know. Oh, my God. You're starting to convince me. Because this is a difficult category I found. Um Josh O'Connor and the, I think they really liked The Crown, but I think he was so mean this season. I just don't think they like you know, yeah. I don't think that they'll go for that. Um, Hunters, I don't, I don't think Pacino will win for that. Um, I'm sort of going between Bateman and Odenkirk. I hadn't oh, even okay. thought of because Perry Mason hasn't really been on my radar. I would probably put Jason Bateman down because I think okay. Ozark, it's a really critically acclaimed show and we haven't given it to anyone else here but i have no other motivation so right my and mine is passion for perry mason which i cannot believe because the old creaky black and white show is such a different <laughs> although i do i've got to say it it plays like every night at midnight or something it plays in in america and i have friends who watch it so, yeah. and I know the music. But oh my I, God, I know the music too. I remember yeah, that. But yeah. I do feel like this really broke out from the mold mm -hmm. and that it, and that Matthew Reese was fantastic. Okay, well, that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to see what happens in that category. So actress in the same television series drama, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Emma Corrin for The Crown, Laura Linney in Ozark, and Sarah Paulson in Ratched. Another difficult one for me. Yeah, I um, uh, it's I love Killing Eve. I love Jodie Comer. She's had her moment, and she'll have more moments. Um, so really, this is a case of the Crown versus the Crown. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody loves the too. Crown, but I think they're going for the ingenue. I think Emma Corrin. Me too. I'm there. I'm right there with you. They like the ingenue. I th they love Olivia Coleman. Um, she's nominated again um, yeah. in for film, the father supporting for the father, and they they've given it her to her before, obviously. So, I mean, I don't think that would be a complete surprise. But I'm I also think and wouldn't she be an example of someone who gave us great speech at the Globes? 
like was totally disarming. But I mean, she always gives. And the speech that she gave at the Oscar was just, you know, amazing. She's living. The thing that I love about her is that she's living in the moment. Yeah. And there are so few people that are, but you can really see people, you know, people who are living in the moment, you can see in their speech. Yes. She and Frances McDormand are always. Yeah, well, Frances McDormand is always in the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're on the same page there with Emma Corrin, but, I, but none of us will be disappointed, I guess. Laura Linney might come through for Ozark. She's overdue, the voice yeah. of NPR, you know. So the last one in TV, um, best television series drama The Crown, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Ozark, and Ratchet. I think they're going for The Crown. Okay, first off, we're throwing Ratchet off. Yes. Um, I loved Lovecraft Country. I'm a really, I just, you know, gobbled it down. It was fantastic. Every episode, like, took me in different directions. It's not going to win. Um, you, I yeah, it's a little bit think, divisive for this group, don't you think? Yes. I, w- I would say yes. They're a little slow getting on. They are <laughs> This is an understatement. They're a little slow getting on the diversity train. Understatement of the year. Understatement of the year. I'm not going out on a limb on that one. But I think the crown is the one. And it was a particularly bombshell of a season. Yeah. With the but I also because people knew these are stories that people knew um they knew about Diana they knew you know that happened in our own life in in our lifetime okay let's get into movies um, oh my goodness movies gracious. which are really this year is I am not ready for this year you are and not this ready is, let's get started here we'll go do it the same way so best original song and motion picture Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, Hear My Voice, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, EOC Scene, The Life Ahead, Speak Now, One Night in Miami, and Tigress and Tweed from the United States versus Billie Holiday. Okay, so, and, and that, and the United States versus Billie Holiday kind of came out of the gate late, but I'm sure that everybody in the Golden Globes, have, you know, all of the HFPA members have seen it. Um, I think Speak Now is the most likely winner. That's Leslie Odom Jr. who's singing it. And and this category tends to always be won by when one of the actors actually has sung the song, right? right. That's my right, impression. Right, right. So, um, you know, I uh, the, the rest... I don't remember hearing my voice. I mean, some of these I can't even hear in my head. I, so. think, I think Tigress and Tweed from... Um, the United States versus Billy Holiday is going to be there. I have that as second, but I do think that it's going to be Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Yeah, me too. So score, best original score motion picture. The Midnight Sky, Alexandre Desplat, Tenet, Ludwig Joransson, News of the World, James Newton Howard, Mank, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and Soul, repeat, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, <laughs> and John Batiste. Okay. I think it's going to be the latter. I think it's going to be soul. Um, that, that is my gut. And um, I don't really have any. I mean, they are both popular. Everybody on this list is top shelf. Um, but soul looks to be the one. Yeah. 
I'm gonna here. I'm gonna ask you a few things. Soul is a tremendous um, score. I mean, right. really is good. So, so right. it's not that. But one of the things I'm wondering about is there was so many nominations for Mank at the Golden Globes, and people were kind of surprised by that. I wasn't because I think Mank does very well, especially in Europe. It feels like you know the love for Fincher, the love for this type of you know right. old cinema. Um, so I and I think the predictions I'm hearing for the Golden Globes are kind of leaving Mank out, and I have this sneaking suspicion that it could win more stuff than wow. uh -huh. our critics are, that we're saying because just the fact that it is the most nominated film in the Golden Globes sends kind of a message that they really like that. Plus, right. it's a really good um, score with the same with Trent Reznor. They also really love Alexander Display. I think he's been nominated yeah. a dozen times yeah. The Midnight Sky. And that and I wasn't a huge fan they of They also movie, love but... George Clooney. So um exactly. would, you know, it would be nice. <sighs> um the buzz that I'm hearing is soul is is number one. Yeah. I have it down too. I'm I was just throwing a wrench in there <laughs> with my question. Come on, like nothing, you know, like and Ludwig's Tenet score is absolutely stunning too, but I, but I don't hear the buzz for it in the same way as the other ones. So yeah, well, Tenet kind of got squished in trying to have, and I've got to say, I love News of the World, and it's now available, I believe, on Netflix, and I think in another year, it would have it would have would be in a stronger position now. Paul Greengrass is is. Definitely, the director is definitely overdue. Tom Hanks always gets attention. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. young girl in this, who's also nominated. I mean, I just loved, I loved that movie. I thought it was well done and I thought it was a great adaptation. I think that too was a movie that it, if, if it had had a big premiere, and I could be wrong. I really liked it. Maybe other people are, I've, I've written historical novels set in that period. So I mm -hmm. thought the way the 19th century American West was portrayed was really um, very well done, but it hasn't gotten the traction that it might have if there had been a normal season. Okay. So we're both going for soul with a few question marks. <laughs> soul with a few question marks, yeah. something possibly mank. Oh my God. Here's the one that I don't know. Best screenplay motion picture Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman, Jack Fincher for Mac, Aaron Sorkin, Mank, Mac, Mank, sorry, Aaron Sorkin oh, for The know. Trial of the Chicago Seven, Florian Zeller and Christopher Hampton for The Father, and Chloe Jaw for Nomad Land. I'm so confused. <laughs> so confused. I'm, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like an Aaron Sorkin script. You know, the dialogue is great. There's, it's, there's so many characters being balanced. Um, if we went down, Promising Young Woman is having, it's a late bloomer. You know, it came in kind of at the end and it has huge popularity. I don't think, I don't think the script holds up into the end. Nomadland, still a contender. Um, I find... I have some script problems with that one too. The Father is a beautiful script. The Father's a beautiful script. And Mank, if they love Mank, I mean, Mank, David Fincher's dad, it's for, you know, 
for a 21st century woman, I find some of the things in it are very me too um, and awkward that maybe they did not have to re, like maybe they could have been aware enough not to include them, but because they're not key to the plot. But at the same time, um, as you said, people who are cineasts, people who love old Hollywood, love this movie. Mm. And it's and the story it's that it's that it's David's father that he's not yeah. get, taking credit himself and that he's passed away and it's a story of a screenwriter. Um, I don't. I have Aaron Sorkin as well um, as my prediction. I'm just that that's one of the ones I'm wondering if I'm you know if that could be right. more um, of a contender than we're actually thinking. If your theory is true that Mank was nominated so much, then it may come come up in this film and the screenplay and win. Okay, so but we're going with Sorkin, and I think Nomadland is an absolutely stunning movie. I just don't think it'll be for screenplay. We'll get to that a little bit later. Right, we'll so. get to that. Um, so best director here we have their historic nomination of three women, which was. You know, we have to give them Amazing. that. <laughs> Amazing. You guys go because yes. we were screaming about this five, six, seven years ago going, there's no, you know, Catherine Bigelow became, was a, got a best director and then it was yeah. silent Nothing. again. And she was so attacked, viciously attacked um, in that run up that I think it was traumatizing to her. Um, and now we see that, you know, the pendulum has swung and I, you know, you can do your list again. I'll yes, it, it better. It, we're not sure it'll be one of these that wins, but at least they're Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman, David Fincher, Mank, Regina King, One Night in Miami, Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago 7, and Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. I think this is Chloe. I think this is her year. They are going to, that a woman is going to win and it's going to be here. Um. When the Oscars come, Sorkin is going to win a screenplay and he's going to go, damn, again, Fincher, I mean, the guy's a master. There's no question. A promising young woman, I, that seems like a head scratcher to me. We're going to see a lot of Emerald Fennell. She's such a talent. I just don't she's think a it's... a huge talent. Yeah. She a won't get bit. it for this one, but... Yeah. Um, and I thought One Night, Regina King, One Night in Miami is a fantastic first film. It just, I think the, the hole in that one is that it doesn't really move from a play to a screen, to the mm -hmm. screen enough. Fantastic casting, you know, which she is responsible for, fantastic direction of actors, you know, production design, cinematography, all of those things are great. I think great first film. I, th I think so too. Winner. I mean, it's a tremendous lineup here, including, you know, Sorkin and Fincher. I mean, two of our biggest names in modern cinema right. history. It's not that. Right. But in, 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 for Nomadland, the, 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 what Chloe did in this direction, I mean, working with actors and non-actors, bringing a journalistic documentary book and making it so um, heart, 
you know, wrenching and sentimental and all these characters and just the way she she films and thinks about the American landscape in all her movies. But this one in particular is just, I think it's unbeatable here. Um, it really is in that sense, just a pearl, a little masterpiece where I don't even think they can resist it. Um, right, I don't think so. And also I, it's, it shows a singular vision, mm-hmm. which often for female directors is a challenge because you have to have, you know, like Fincher, Fincher's made a lot of movies. So he's made his ones that work. He's made his ones that don't work. You know, it's hard. This is really her voice and her vision are there on the screen. And that's why she deserves to win. Yeah. They could go super traditional, the old group of Hollywood Foreign Press and go for like a Sorkin. That, that, it wouldn't surprise me, but this is what I think. I think that if they did, if they did that, and my list here, I have it the opposite. But when, now that we're talking, I'm rethinking some things. I, you know, I think Fincher, if there's a, you know, Fincher rising. We can't forget that they did show him a lot of love just in the nomination. So, so. Okay, moving on, on to supporting role, best actor in a motion picture. Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Jared Leto for The Little Things. Bill Murray on The Rocks. And Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. This is another weird one because the fact that Jared Leto got nominated at all for The Little Things... Um, sort of wonder if the, if they would give it to him because it's an odd nomination for such a not great movie and it was not a good movie no it wasn't and sort of <laughs> the fact that he's out. here at all you don't have to say that <laughs> um i will say as someone who watches a lot of noir and who loves mysteries and who you know this like what did they never watch them I, you know, I, and the the powerhouse actors in this movie, you know, Denzel Washington leading it is is so just that is strange. I mean, I don't know if that means that I mean just the fact that he's here that they're that they're going to give it to him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see here. I'm just getting back to my to where I put this on the film side. Do do do. There's the that. There's the that. Um. For, okay, so Jared Leto out. I don't know why he's there. The, the rest of the contenders are good. I'm kind of, my question is, I just think it's Sasha Baron Cohen for Trial of the Chicago 7. He's so fantastic. Here's my thing with that. I getting ahead of ourselves that, but I have to to sort of yeah get I know is, can he win in two categories because right. I'm sure he's going to win best actor in musical comedy for Borat and I really don't think do you really think they'll give it to him twice yeah because he's not really what you would call the classic <laughs> the classic best actor I'm trying to organize okay I'm going between Daniel Kaluuya and Bill Murray that's where I am. Huh. And not Leslie Odom. Okay. No, Leslie you know Odom what? is great, but a little bit, he's just one of the four. I don't know why he would be better than any of the other four in Regina King's movie. Yes, I agree. Now, you know, I you can make a very strong case, I think, for Daniel Kaluuya. I think, yeah, because you're right. If you're, 
if you're if you're balancing between the two between support and best actor they're not going to give both to sasha baron Cohen. no I, I don't think so they i have a little borat sweep coming that's why i think that that's not um that's not happening i think i'm going to go with daniel kaluuya yeah i think you make a strong case okay best actress in supporting there we have Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Colman for The Father, Jodie Foster for The Mauritanian, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, Helena Zengel for News of the World, The Young Girl. What do you think? I have my little dot on Amanda Seyfried for Mank. <sighs> yeah, and I don't even think, I don't even really love her. In the, I love her. I think she's a great actress and she's fun to watch. I found it. I just had problems with the relationships that they created, but she really gives it her all. And, uh, and I also think just by elimination, I mean, I don't know, but I don't think they can give it to Glenn Close for that movie. She has more movies in her, please. <laughs> no, yeah, don't let this what? be the makeup for not giving it to her last year or whoever the Oscars. No, I don't think it. So, so what are your thoughts on Hillbilly Elegy? My God, it was, I mean, it was a travesty. You, here's, here's a, uh, you know, like news of the world. Here is a book that people loved. And the movie just is flat footed from beginning to end. I mean, we're not even talking about Amy Adams, who has been nominated so many times. And she's not even on the, I, she's not even on the radar. I think the Glenn Close nomination, I'm sure if she could bury this movie, she would. I think on, you know, dishonestly, I think honestly, Olivia Coleman in The Father, fantastic. You know, she just is, a, she, that, and that, I do really like that movie. And this is the funny thing that I can say. I just think they're better Alzheimer's movies, which is really a pathetic, a pathetic criticism. But okay, I'm just going to go with it. Um, I would say, so I think it's Amanda Seyfried. It just seems like there's buzz behind her. And if we're talking about a largely white male organization, I think that she has a pretty big attractiveness um, factor. Okay, so best motion picture, foreign language. Another round from Denmark, La Llorona from Guatemala, France, The Life Ahead from Italy, Minari from USA, um, two of us from France and USA. Now, this was a very much discussed and criticized um, thing that the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press did, and that's that they put Minari in this category, which is a hundred percent an American movie, even though the the language, a lot of the language is in Korean. Yeah, I think that people don't necessarily understand why it's a foreign language here and not, you know. Up I think it's going to win. I think uh -huh. it's going to win. It deserves to win, and it's also just because of that, the whole controversy and all the talk about it i think it's going to win and they want to be first they want to be first at the gate recognizing this movie i myself love another round and it's definitely number two here if minari wouldn't have been there that would have been yeah. the winner which i think it will be in foreign film at the be? oscars oh yeah i you know i love thomas vinterberg and i've i've spoke to him recently um 
for the Palm Springs Film Festival. And I just think he's just such a wise soul and he's always trying to scratch at truth, even if it's um, unpleasant or he doesn't land on one exact you should. He doesn't tell the audience what to feel. Right. And I love that about his movies. And I love this movie. And also, I love his collaborations with Mads, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen, yeah. No, I mean, I think this is going to win more awards shows, no doubt. And and if Minari wouldn't have been here, um, I think it would have won this category. But I don't think it will here. And also, I would like to say that I think Mads Mikkelsen should have been a Best Actor contender everywhere. He is fantastic in this. Do you think he has an Oscar shot nomination? No, I just don't. I just don't. There's too many people. There's too much history. We owe this person. We owe that person. But if, but I'll tell you, if there's someone that I would like to watch, it's Mads Mikkelsen. And I think his acting is fantastic. And his ego is so in control. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's fantastic in every in all the American productions he does too. So I mean, he's 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 a foreign actor with you know who's known who's by known. a broad audience in the states. So it wouldn't surprise me. But I just think there's too many actors. There's such a hard yeah. this year is difficult to edge in there with a movie like this. But right, exactly. And also this year, there's a push for diversity. So are you going for Minari as well here at the yes. end or another one? Okay, I am. So animated best motion picture, The Croods, A New Age, Onward, Over the Moon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. All right. So I, like you, I have children. My children are now grown. They're in college. But I, there were some years, five, seven, ten years, where I watched every animated show, you know? And now I find animation this kind of animation, the anim, you know, kind of the best picture animation, so hyperactive that I tend not to, I'm not into animation anymore. Even though, you know, years ago I would have said Fantasia is my favorite movie. Now the way animation in general has gone, I'm, it's too hyper. Um, that said, I think soul is, is the one that's up front. Clearly, I don't think there's any, this is one where I don't think that there's any doubt. No. Wolfwalkers is terrific if you haven't seen that okay. yet. Um, I also think Soul will win here. I don't think it really can be beat. So best actor in musical or comedy. Sasha Baron Cohen in Borat. James Corden in The Prom. Lin-Manuel Miranda in Hamilton. Dev Patel in The Personal History of David Copperfield. And Andy Samberg in Palm Springs. So I already said that this is where I think Sasha Baron Cohen is going to win for Borat. And just to hear there's a lot of talk between Borat and Hamilton. And I mean, Hamilton is the best, one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. I just don't think that it has in any of the coming categories that it really can win against Borat. I mean, it's a filmed musical that's been around for many years that many of them probably have seen on Broadway or in London or anywhere else. So I'm not really sure why people, I could be wrong, but I think. I don't think you're wrong. Mm -mm. The splash that Borat subsequent movie film made is just huge on 
in every country. So I'm going with that. Right. And, you know, it's completely unique. He's completely original. Um, it was absolutely timely. It was surprising. Um, so, you know what it's done? Talking to you has made me go, okay, I'm putting him to win here and I'll have to shift the supporting because he won't win both. And I think he's more likely to win here. That, that, that's what I think too. And I mean, unless they're really afraid of his speech <laughs> and the cowardice of that, you never know. He can, you huh. know. <laughs> well, then they would have to do James Corden from the prom because they would know that he would be. I mean, James Corden, why is he even, I mean, of all the people from the prom, you know, you have Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman and he's the one that gets in for that. That's also that's an wondering odd about that bribe there. <laughs> I also want to put, you know, just if you haven't seen Personal History of David Copperfield, the Armando, yeah, and you know, your viewers, um, the Armando Iannucci, David Copperfield, it kind of got caught because it was at Toronto a year ago, and then when it was supposed to open, COVID. So Dev Patel is fantastic in that i just want to do shout out to dev patel i don't think he's going to win but he is fantastic so and then we have best actress in musical or comedy maria bakalova from borat kate hudson from music michelle pfeiffer from french uh, exit rosamund rosamund pike from i care a lot and anya taylor joy from emma which we were talking about before so I'm going with my board sweep. I think Maria Bakalova here all the way. See, I never saw her as like, oh my God, she's so original. She's, a, But she definitely, in terms of predicting what other people think or what the Globes think, I think she's the winner here. Um, and I would also say that I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Awkward performance. Did the film... I just, it was an awkward performance. Film is too divisive. Do you want to talk about the Kate Hudson music? Do you want to talk about music? I have not seen it, but please talk. I've read a bunch of articles about this weird movie. So please tell us about it. No, no, tell tell me what you've read. I, I mean... I, when I saw this pop up in nominations, I, this is an example like Emily in Paris where you're like, huh? Did they get a really good lunch? Did they get a really good goodie bag? It just didn't compute to me. This is the Sia film about where she's uh, has, where she was so criticized for doing a movie about an autistic teenager, but not didn't actually cast an autistic teenager, and and um, apparently, besides that, the movie is god awful, is what I hear without having seen it (laughs) (laughs) okay well it just is an example but also because they split this up it really wasn't a year of musicals you know or new musicals and the comedies uh, the comedy the com you know comedies are strong in the tv shows but they're they they're they're picking through a, a smaller list than they would in a normal year Yes. No, I think Maria Bakalova, I think she she really managed a feat. I mean, both to come, you know, literally not having done much, and not knowing, you know, coming from Bulgaria, doing, you know, scenes with a risk for her life um, and the Giuliani thing. And at the same time, doing a relationship between her and 
her father Borat or Sasha Baron right. Cohen, Sasha Baron, yeah. Where you actually feel tenderness and and a growing relationship, and they weren't even speaking the same language. She's speaking right. Bulgarian, and he was doing some version of Hebrew. I mean, I don't know, but I think it's kind of impressive <laughs> in this category. But and I'm sorry, you reminded me that scene with Giuliani. That I mean, that that scene will last the test of time. It will. And it broke news. That's the funny thing. It's the most talked about and the most, you know, impact. And I actually think that if someone else second on this list might be Rosamund Pike for I Care A Lot. That's, that is having a lot of buzz kind of at the end. It's rising. And people are watching it now. And it's very possible. So in this category, best motion picture, musical or comedy, Borat, subsequent movie film, Hamilton, Palm Springs, music and the prom. So weird with music and the prom, but I don't know. So let's just go. Okay, music, forget about it. The prom, oh my, you, oh my God, forget about it. Palm Springs, really a TV, like a cable success. I liked it, but I don't think it's a contender yeah. here. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So now I'm having, because that puts at the top Hamilton and Borat. So since Hamilton is a musical, I'm, I'm really torn between those two. You're seeing a sweep and I have to, I'm sitting here going Hamilton because it really is a musical and it was and it did bring that musical to the world in a way that you couldn't see it on Broadway. Oh, my God. And again, it's one of, of my life, the big, I mean, I saw it on stage. I just think even though it's fantastically filmed theater, it still is film theater. And Borat is such a complicated movie and just broke through all news level, you know, Trump elections and and. and that's sort of that's what I think. I think it'll be it more. But impact. I mean, yeah, it yeah. definitely it definitely has impact. And not all of these movies that we're talking about at the end, you're you're like, oh my god, <laughs> you know that was great. How did he get? You know, how can it be something that he made last year and it's so of the moment? How did they get Giuliani to do it? He just makes me laugh. To tell you the truth, you know, Borat makes me laugh more than almost anything else. No, I think you make a very good argument. So then we get into the three drama categories that are less. Best actor um, in drama. Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey. Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Gary Oldman for Mank. And Tahar Rahim for The Mauritanian. All right. Why don't you start that one off and I will catch up finding my place on my paper. I'm pretty sure it'll be Chadwick Boseman. I think he was absolutely stunning in his last role here before he tragically passed away. The only thing that's that keeping me from being 100% sure of that is that the Hollywood Foreign Press, I don't think they're very sentimental. I think, again, this sort of Gary Oldman mank thing, um, also Anthony Hopkins that they adore. I agree. I agree. Um, I've got to say... Oldman has gotten his recently has has gotten noticed so it's not as urgent with him um Hopkins brilliant but I mean Chadwick Boseman is the I think I would say the best thing about that movie I mean his Mm. performance the complexity and 
and the feeling that he that he's really at the end of his that he's aware that that this is his final role that that he's not holding anything back and i think that's what makes it the winner so best actress drama viola davis from my rainey's black bottom andra day for the united states versus billy holiday vanessa kirby for pieces of a woman francis mcdormand for nomadland and carrie mulligan for promising young woman it's this is a funny category um I, you know, if we go, I, you know, Andre Day is fantastic as Billie Holiday in a movie that's kind of a hot mess, but she's fantastic. Shout out to her. And she should be in every group of Best Actress nominees. Um, Vanessa Kirby hits a fantastic note here in a movie where she is the first act and that's the best act of the of the movie itself. She's fantastic. And so buzzed out of Venice. You were talking about that we sort of missed a right. lot of that. But in this case, there actually was a Venice Film Festival where she was one of the big winners and talked about, you know, where I'm sure many of these critics were. Right. I mean, and it could be, Lord knows, for a long time, it seemed like Viola Davis versus Frances McDormand was the was the top and then all of a sudden Carrie Mulligan came in and I'm not sure why she's risen to the top but I think she has I'm going with Carrie Mulligan I think that she in in these I think Francis isn't they're all amazing I just think that she won quite recently Carrie Mulligan has the most stunning or visual performance the one that sort of grabs you in that sense I think it's a risk. I'm really, I'm not sure about this, these two, this one and, and best picture. I'm, I'm really not sure about, but that's what I'm going with. Okay. All right. We're going to, we're going to go with it. You know, we're yeah. all, we've been doing this long enough to know that predictions kind of coalesce and then surprises come from the side. And sometimes we know them in advance. And that's kind of the trick is to call the odd man out to say, oh, I think so. And, you know, but um, in this case, I would say Carrie Mulligan is ahead, but I wouldn't overlook Viola or Francis. Okay, so best picture. Oh, my God, I could make a case for them picking any of these. That's sort of the problem. But The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. I know, and they're not really very similar. Here's the tricky part about this one, and it because it 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 puts it with best film director, and sometimes they split. Which I read that the Golden Globes tends to do much more often than the Oscars. So it's like you can kind of say, I think Nomadland is going to win. I think Trial of the Chicago Seven is incredibly popular and um i think that's a movie especially when we come to oscars but um that even if you don't love it you like it a lot um promising young woman's just i'm i'm on i just am a little bit it was a movie of the moment i think carrie mulligan is strong i don't think it's going to win here here's your question now, I think Nomadland is number one here, but 
They could just say, we don't want to go the way that everybody's going. And then you would see Mank rising. They go, they go their own way. And if they're trying to say, we're old Hollywood, we like Mank, you know, I think I think that's a possibility. I think that that's, that's rising, especially in talking to you. I'm leaning towards Nomadland. But if if we towards the beginning of the evening are seeing that they're going very sort of traditional, I mean, Sorkin Fincher traditional in their heads, yeah, the trial right. of Chicago Salmon or Mank, then I don't think it will be nomad. And I think we'll see that earlier in the evening. Um, but um, it's hard not to be swept away by nomad land if they're really seeing it. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. A lot of people are saying the trial of the Chicago seven. I think particularly in when you, when the Oscars come and you have weighted ballots, and it matters, the, the films that are the least divisive have a bit of an edge, then I yeah. think trial, that then I think the trial of Chicago 7 rises. Because I think even if you didn't love it to death, best film, you're at least going to put it in your top five, top three. The thing about it is like, I don't think Nomadland is divisive either. It's just, it's sort of a, a, a question of taste. I mean, the trial of the Chicago seven is sort of like an Argo quick happening. It's a, you know, it's a very Hollywoodish movie where, you know, there's lots of plot and actors and Sorkin and they're talking at each other while Nomadland is just something completely different. I mean, it's, it's more of an emotional journey and I'm not sure where people are at really in this particular group of critics or in this pandemic world at all um, that's why it's so confusing but I think it, that it's really sort of a matter of taste these two yeah and Nomadland is um, I, I think ultimately a quiet movie exactly which the Chicago 7 is not <laughs> and you know uh, Green Book which they were still you know complaining about in the past was a movie that the audience sitting in a movie theater loved and we don't have that kind of reaction now. We don't know. So what are we going with here, Thelma, before we... You know, I'm going to go with Nomadland to win and Mank Rising. I'm going to go with Nomadland to win, The Trial of the Chicago 7 as number two. And also, I don't think we should count out Mank considering their first reaction to it. Right. And I think we can count out Promising Young Woman and the Father. Thelma, this, thank you so much. It's a we'll pleasure. See. I want next year to, there to be more movies. Please. And that we've get, <laughs> got to go see them together. I, I know. And that we can get out of the house. Um, but I have to say, in looking back at this year, this is the, uh, this is, I just think the TV shows were supreme. And if you're going to put small acts in the TV category, I have to say the biggest snub of the whole season is not seeing Steve McQueen as a best director anywhere. Right. That yeah, would that's be really. Well, let's ta let's email again after Sunday and see how we did. And tell I may me shift some of my things a little bit. 
<laughs> I'm going to go into Gold Derby where, where, yeah, that's good for the listeners to know that on Gold Derby, um, you can see all of Thelma's predictions, which she may be shifting after this conversation. I'll definitely be in there to take a look. Right. I, I actually think I'm going to shift a few things, but I'm predicting, we're predicting everything going down the pike towards the Oscars. So you'll be able on goldderby.com to see my predictions. And I hope we'll talk again before the Oscars, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah all right. Be well. Thank you so much. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.